Welcome to episode four of the Ilkley Lockdown podcast. I'm Ian Smith. In each episode, I'll be talking to a different person from in or around Ilkley, asking them about how the COVID-19 crisis has changed the world for them and finding out how they're dealing with the challenges it has brought. In this episode, I talk to Duncan Cooper, who is a consultant in public health for Bradford Council. He shares how his work has changed due to COVID-19 and explains what you can do to help boost your immune system while under lockdown. Here's my conversation with Duncan. So, Duncan, thank you very much for joining me. That's all right, Ian. It's good to be here. Or not here, to be in my bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. A, a very socially distanced podcast, this. Yeah. So I always start off with the uh, the basics. So just for the benefit of people listening, who are you and what do you do? Right. Okay. Well, I'm. Um, my name's Duncan. I live in Ben Reading, uh, the Ben Reading end of Ilkley, my family. And I, what I do or what I've been doing for the last six weeks, I'm a, I'm a consultant in public health working for Bradford Council um, between the council and the NHS and various other people. And for the last six weeks, my job has been 100% plus more focused on the coronavirus response so that 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 is very much who i am at the moment oh wow so um i i have spoken to a couple of people whose lives have changed perhaps more modestly since this all began how have things changed for you then since social distancing and the the and the response sort of efforts started um well the biggest obvious change is as i've been working at home every day and the first three weeks were just full on every not like not a break at all it felt very very frantic at first mm. everybody was working really really hard together at all these unprecedented issues that were coming across the nhs and social care and food distribution networks and all sorts of things that we were trying to set up very very quickly wow. and, it, and it was very frantic people were getting a little bit tired and ratty with each other and so on but the last two or three weeks it's become a little bit calmer. I think we've begun to say, right, this is the end of, or we're getting near the end of the first wave. There's some sort of signs of recovery. The NHS seems to be coping just. Um, there's obviously been really, really sad in terms of people dying. And now sure. we've obviously got, it's hit the care home sector. But so so, so my life was really taken over by lots and lots of problems and issues to work through from a, from a public health perspective. So that that was the really difficult thing. Um, the positive thing was that I was at home with my family. Mm. I'm lucky. I've got a, I've got a house. I've got a nice view from my house. So the sort of immediate benefits were, I think, probably about seeing maybe seeing my kids a little bit more, um, and eating really well. So <laughs> we our, our main focus of the day is just is just talking about food and trying to cook a really nice food and looking forward to that as well. So I suppose appreciating the, trying to appreciate the little things as well. No, that's great. And um, you listed a whole lot of things there that uh, that had to be kind of thought about. I guess that's probably a longer list than most people would have would have imagined. I mean, you're talking about food distribution networks. and Well, it's there's just so many bits of work that are going on. There's the environmental health officers that need to be able to close down um, different businesses safely. We've been working with the police about advice for them on social distancing, with the voluntary community sector that are setting up all sorts of things. So it's not just food. They're they're putting a lot of software on bits on on tablets and things like that and sending them out to people that have suddenly become socially isolated. And um, there's children's services 
in Bradford that need to be able to support families that have got particularly vulnerable children. We need to work out a safe way that they can do that, you know, getting the right PPE to them. We've been working with the faith sector in terms of, you know, the huge support that people get from churches, mosques and so on across Bradford. How can we continue that during lockdown? And then just some really basic things, all the sorts of services that, that like, Taking your taking your bins away, the mortuaries need to stay open. We need to register deaths, births. People still want to get married. There's all sorts of things going on that um, during lockdown and with this this threat of infection, we just have to think of, of different ways of working around those. And every day I was getting up and there was some new issue that we had to think think through. Um, unfortunately, everybody has really sort of pulled together as i said it was it was really really tiring to start with um but we're now we're working through those problems and we're starting to think about right what what are the things that we need to think about in terms of people going back to work and getting back on public transport um and all the longer term recovery issues i suppose so that, so that's starting to occupy um a lot of my work now as well so that's incredible i mean you know a lot of a lot of people i guess have been watching the prime minister and his various representatives on the tv and and not really, I suppose, crediting the large amount of work that goes on locally. So I think that's a that's a really, really great sort of uh, observation or, or, or learning point for me. Anyway, I I, I yeah, really had no I, idea. <laughs> I think there's lots, and I think and and the learning point for me as well is that that communities aren't completely helpless, and what we have to do, that what the government has to do, and what we have to do, I suppose, from the NHS and the local authority point of view, is is put put the structure and the support in place but not tell people what to do, not tell communities what to do. You just think of the things that have been going on in Ilkley with this, people making scrubs. Yeah, I think Ilkley is one of the first places in the country, or if not the first place to do that. And then the street parties that are going on, you can have socially distant street parties and still raise money. So that there's lots and lots of ways that communities are supporting themselves and they know how to do that much better than local or national government does so we've got to give people that those those opportunities to do that as well without telling people the detail of what to do just letting them try and get on and support themselves as well so there's a real real community uh, response needed as well you're absolutely right as ilkley if it has any strength it's the strength of its community so that i think that's a really positive thing yeah and there's all sorts of things that people can get involved in aren't there so that's brilliant yeah, we've been talking a lot at work. So one of the specialist areas that I work in is around mental health. And obviously people are very concerned that teenagers are going to be more socially isolated now because they're not at school. Staff have been furloughed, so they're at home. And then older people as well who might have been quite socially isolated already now haven't got the opportunity for family members to visit them. So, But the the the, the really ba- like basic things have just been able to talk in a safe way to people around you, phone people up, all those sorts of things are really, really beneficial for your well-being as well. Um, and we just need to make sure that that's the thing that we can keep encouraging so that there are ways around the furloughing, there are ways around social distancing whereby we can still keep in contact. And we've just got to remember that everybody needs that as well. No, for sure. You've mentioned several things that you've learned over the course of this. What's the biggest thing you, you feel you've learned? I think there's the thing about communities that I've just talked about. I mean, on a personal level, the thing for me, I've had to switch off from coronavirus in the evening. And I think a lot of people may find that that's all there is in the newspaper. You know, that that's all there is across social media. And I think it's for me, I think it's important that you have a part of your day where you just don't look at it and you just go and do the simple things. You go for your walk or you cook a meal and eat that with your family or you know whoever you're living with and being able to have a t- part of the day where you're just not focused on 
any of the big issues that we've got in the country. Yeah. That's been the thing that I've learned about being able to switch off at night and then come back, being able to come back a little bit refreshed in the morning for whatever, you know, new coronavirus problems have been being thrown at me at work. So that, so that's been a really important thing. And I think the other thing, and I asked my daughter this, mm. and she said, because uh, she's 14, she's, she's missing going to school and seeing her friends, you know, what's your bit of advice? And she said, just keeping busy and having projects. That was the way she described it. So just having a bit of routine every day, um, things that you that you can look forward to, even if they're the small things, whether they're getting out or learning a new skill or reading a new book or something like that, just those really basic things, because we are being really restricted by where we can go and what we can do and so on. So I think, I think, keeping that routine is a is a really important thing for me the the other i think the other things are um and i was reading about this the other day in terms of what are sort of top tips for keeping yourself safe because you can go out and getting out and getting some vitamin d and some sunlight on you and getting a bit of physical exercise yeah and also maybe trying to talk to a few people in a socially distanced way they all increase your endorphin levels they, they increase those endorphins in your body and your endorphin levels are really really important for your, your immune system as well so there's a sort of double benefit of getting you out and, and and making you feel better just by getting a bit of physical activity but also it's improving your chances of fighting the infection off should you get it at some point in the future so i think that's why the the physical activity and and the, and the getting out messages are really really important as well because you know they can they can sort of help protect us in some way in the future hopefully as well yeah and obviously for people in ilkley we've got you know ilkley moor on one side and, and all the woods on the other side so yeah we're sport for choice aren't we i've never seen so many people on ilkley moor actually <laughs> it's because i go out there go out there myself it's sometimes quite difficult to actually stay away from two meters away from people on the path but we had um in in the street the other day as well um claire who lives down the road organized a, a charity event for carers resource who based mm. in shipley who support support carers who obviously really need a bit of uh, time, bit of support during the crisis as well and we had people running up and down the road in clowns <laughs> outfits and superman and evil knievel and all sorts of things um everyone just sat outside um Kept away from everybody else, but some guy was was uh, comparing it in the middle of the road with his speakers out, and then Sky turned up as well, and we're interviewing people, and it was great, and it and it did make make it was we were lucky because it was it was beautiful weather as well, but it had the feel of a bit of a street party, but but we were all keeping our distance from each other, so it, it just sort of showed that it, it is possible to have that sort of fun. You've just got to be really careful about how you organise it. That sounds amazing, actually. It does sound fun. I think that's a uh, that's a really great story. So obviously there have been tons of changes and the social distancing and restrictions and all the other kind of stuff. What changes do you think or do you hope will continue after the restrictions are relaxed and this is slightly closer to being over? I hope that I continue to say hello mm. and chat a bit more to people that live around me. That there's, I know my immediate neighbours, but I don't know people even at the end of the street. And there's, we live right, right by the railway track as well. And at, at eight o'clock every Thursday, we come out and, and bang yeah. bang pans and and clap for the NHS. And there's some people that we wave to on the other side of the railway line as well, which is, I just think, so sweet. And it, it reminds me a bit of people sort of waving across the Berlin Wall, East and West Germans, yeah. you know, that, that were separated by the wall. We've got this railway line there. But, and, I, and I just think, so the first thing, one of the first things I want to do when lockdown is just walk around there and introduce myself properly. Yeah. So I, I hope we can keep that sort of thing going. And I think the other big thing for me is about the 
one of the there's not many silver linings on coronavirus but one of them certainly has been reduction in pollution levels yeah and all these incredible pictures we're getting from space now um of reduced pollution levels and and um jellyfish swimming up into the middle of venice and all these yeah. fish starting to recolonize at rivers again it might be naive but i just hope that we keep those messages and we don't rush fall back on into polluting the world again for me it might be a bit naive but that that's the big thing that i hope for globally that we really think about it when we, we start to move out of this in, in reducing our environmental impact at, at an individual level yeah totally with you when this is relaxed and things are back to i'm going to use uh, i think the uh, the government's favorite phrase the new normal uh, the new normal yeah what's the first thing you're planning to do when things are more relaxed and you can go out and uh, and sort of be amongst people again what's the thing you've really missed that you think i'm going to go and do that right away if i'm being honest i'd like to go and have a pint in a beer garden which is quite a simple thing to do with with my friends or family um mm. I've, I've started to miss doing that especially when it's the hot weather it's nice to do that occasionally i think the first the first thing that i'm that, that i'm going to do when it's safe is go over and 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 see my mum and dad actually because right. they're they're in their 80s my dad's got respiratory problems um so he's he's really vulnerable to this um and i'm and i have been wondering you know when i am i actually going to be able to see them properly again um so i think that that'll be the first thing that i'll do i'm, I'm miss, missing seeing my family um i think the other thing that, I, that i'll do as well is that i organize mm. sort of walks for all of my friends in ilkley and we go out as big family groups sort of 20 25 of us sometimes oh wow just wandering around ilkley moor or other bits of near ilkley I think that's probably the first thing that I'll do. I'm allowed to do that again. I've really missed that that sort of socialisation at the weekend and just seeing what people are up to. So it's just the simple things, really, just getting back in touch with people again. Although, although it's nice talking to people on Zoom and all the rest of it, it's not the same, is it? I've actually just been able to get out for a good old yomp in the countryside. No. I'm starting to miss those things. That'll be the first thing that I'll get back to again. It's always nice to have something in your mind about like that where you can yeah. you can just think to yourself, yeah, actually, you know, this is coming. It is coming. We don't quite know when, do we? But um, and it, and it, I think it's likely to be in stages as well. Um, yeah. So uh, the uh, the thing that they're talking about at the moment, isn't it, is like sort of allowing people to mix in small groups again. But we don't really know how that's going to happen and when it's going to happen. But um, yeah, I mean, it's nice. It's nice looking forward to that and sort of planning things for the future, I suppose. Yes, indeed. So thank you very much, Duncan. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me it's all right Ian. it's been really cathartic for me actually i've really <laughs> i've really enjoyed talking about as well and just actually thinking about things that i'm enjoying things that i'm missing and, and all that sort of thing as well so thank you great pleasure thanks again to duncan for that i was especially amazed to hear of the wide range of challenges that bradford council are rising to meet as they work on our behalf Look in this episode's notes to find some useful resources from the council relating to some of the things that we discussed. Duncan also mentioned Ilkley's very early involvement in the community manufacture of essential scrubs for frontline NHS staff to wear. Listen to our next episode on Sunday the 10th of May to learn more about that. The best way to listen is to subscribe. Do that on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts and other podcasting platforms so that you don't miss out. Bye for now.